0: whoa adam i knew we were gonna get famous but i didn't think we get famous just after the first podcast no, i never thought we would have gotten famous i spent most of the time in between this episode and the last one just counting out my millions of internet books that's amazing yeah i i wish there was a way that i could i could wash my wi-fi because the snapchats i've been getting from ex-lovers oh and soon to be new tell lovers me um, tell me about it have been filthy no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So I I mean, what's what's better than the original? A sequel? Let's follow that up. Uh, there's a part at the end. There's a question that I didn't. it, it, well, went, it just, went in a dark direction.
1: Yeah, for you. Everyone uh, else for, seemed to disagree with you, though.
0: For the uh, for all the PG heads, no, sir, Peter Gabriel heads uh, that I told to listen to the show because I'm part of many online forums, community, fan fiction nets uh, centered around Peter Gabriel. Uh, to a lesser extent, Tony Banks. Okay. And um, to them, I will say it, it does get dark. There, There's there's some libel said at the end of it. Uh, but I have been in contact with Peter Gabriel's legal team. Oh, good. Uh, well, I've sent an email yes. out to legal at petergabriel.com. Okay. Uh, and I haven't gotten... I've sent a lot of notes over the years to Peter Gabriel. I'm sure you have. I haven't gotten any response back. But I think this time, you know... He'll, he'll be feeling
1: good he's about to start off his own tour hey ringo' got back to Marge after a number of years that's bound to happen yep yeah. uh,
0: what is there to say really about episode two we got fire antlers yeah they're doing a couple songs in the studio can't wait you performed with them I did we, we're talking posthumously about this right you don't have to say can't wait you can t- you can let people know though you've already lived through this
1: okay fine. yeah okay <laughs> we'll do it again this is the
2: stonehouse Welcome fire
0: antlers. And I think one of the things that I like most about fire antlers is they remind me a lot of this podcast where it's sort of, there's one person who's like main and center of it, uh, and they're the core component of it. And then there are like other auxiliary parts of it who are sort of there for show, uh, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they weren't part of it anymore. Um, but, but it's nice to have them, I guess. Just some eye candy. Yeah, pretty yeah. Much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm looking at your for guitarist. I'm looking at Adam. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be looking at them. You know, yeah. <laughs> when I listen to your debut EP, I feel like, and this is just for me. This is just my personal experience. That I have died. I haven't gone to heaven. I haven't gone to hell. I'm in purgatory, and uh, David Lynch comes out, and he says, hey there, Coop, and he's had throat cancer, and that's how he died, so that's why it sounds so weird. He says, hey there, Coop, you're going to be waiting here for a while. Why don't you listen to my favorite disc of music? All right. And he pops it on. I'm sitting in this waiting room that is purgatory, and it's fire antlers. And I really like that because when I, because Purgatory for a lot of uh, lazy TV writers is where they send their characters in a near-death experience to go reflect on what they've done in their lives. And uh, I think listening to the Fire Antlers EP, it, it deals a lot with memory. It deals a lot with people who are looking back on things that they've done or uh, or on things that they've done wrong. And there are some, it seems like at times there may be uh, unreliable narrators in these songs. And Travis, I would just like to ask you as part of my 90 second question, uh, what what role does memory play in how you write lyrics? Because your lyrics are, they're quite nice. Thank you.
3: I, I feel like I should have watched more David Lynch before discussing this. I think the only David Lynch I've really seen is Dune. <laughs>
0: I mean, just essential cuts.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: All like three hours of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, One of the first yeah. uses of CGI, which is nice. Yeah. You can barely tell. The Yeah, the lyrics are very, I guess, re- reflective and trying to show, I guess, that the
0: reflections aren't always what they're cracked up to be, I guess. Uh, I think it, besides crawl and cynical, I think all of them are people looking back on things as opposed to sort of things that are about to happen. Uh, and so... Yeah, uh, can you just take us behind the veil of uh, sort of what was your writing process for lyrics on this album?
3: Uh, uh, honestly, a lot of it is just me keeping interesting quotes that either come from myself and I think, hey, I should write that down, or uh, just hear other people say, and then I turn that into a narrative where I try and I I try and capture something there where it's yeah, where I feel like people can associate with it in their own way, make
0: it their own. That's nice. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like I know a lot of friends, uh, present company included, who like to quote themselves a lot, and it's the most annoying shit in the world. But I listen to your EP, and it uh, it takes on almost like a sage or a mystic uh, advice to it. Uh, and so what? how much when you're writing these things do you have to cut out like really really specific experience from it to to make it something that seems universal at least to me trying to th- I, I guess yeah definitely
3: trying to make the lyrics paint myself as a i guess someone still f- I, I don't know okay you you are yeah. being
0: much uh, too modest in dig you you want to dig yourself into a body uh crawl into the rib cage and then go to work the next day s- still smelling like that other person. And that is either the most beautiful thing I've ever heard or, like, the most uh, serial killer thing I've ever heard. Uh, and and how do you make it so that I don't turn off the music, being like, this man is disgusting? How do you, how do you make these songs uh, into something lovable? I, I think I was watching the opening section of Empire Strikes Back
3: when <laughs> I... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> wrote that uh, i'm just joking I, I i it's just i guess i started with the 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 premise of dig you and then i went from there dig into your body and then well okay i'm in their body and i'm lost in their rib cage because that's i guess the largest area where you would dig in or you i'd imagine just sort yep. of yeah i my my girlfriend's been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy, so you know you got to crack the rib cage and then you're in there. So, yeah, just sort of prog- I make a statement and then from there I just try and
0: make it a little more absurd. That's good because one of the things I was going to ask you is, is sort of how much how much of the how much of these songs are. Autobiographical, because I would say if it is more than zero or maybe to two percent of it, uh, you might be a very depressed human being. And so, like, are are, how much of this is just you trying to be clever, you trying to be big man on lyrical campus? I I guess there's trying to be visual,
3: yeah,
2: okay,
3: just trying to, yeah, yeah, dig you definitely does that, yeah. And then I just sort of came up with that chorus accidentally it was a good happy accident
0: it's nice it's really really lovely and i think it's indicative of uh a lot of this ep where it it, it sort of feels it feels lived in i keep harping on you about the lyrics about this because they like um they spoke to me in a in a certain way and i i really enjoyed it because they it really seems i feel like um the problem with a lot of people who are starting to write lyrics or who are writing lyrics is like when I write lyrics, it's sort of like, it's zero degrees outside, but if you're in Fahrenheit, it was 40 degrees. Like, I'm not really saying anything, but with you, it seems like every word, every, every sentence, every part of it is sort of planned out, uh, in a way that speaks to somebody for something like that's, uh, how long did it take you to get into that groove of making meaningful lyrics? Or did you know that you had before you came on to (laughs) hear?
3: Yeah, just just finding out now. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for the feedback. Um, I guess it's, I've I've never been a a lyrics guy. Yeah. For the, like, even most of my favorite songs, I probably couldn't tell you the lyrics to them. It's more, I really like that sound, whether it's even just the vocal inflections or just the guitar, whatever instruments. So I was definitely very hesitant as far as writing lyrics. I wasn't sure if I was capable of that. So definitely very critical of what I put to paper and then to singing in front of an audience. How long did this EP take to put together? Um, it was a a lot of the, most of the songs were ones that I had been playing for at at least a year for some of them, um. They're all they're all really different, really, as far as how much how I came up with them or anything like that. Um, Dig you was my attempt to write a love song. Something like cynical just sort of came. Mm-hmm. The the opening statement. The when I'm old and cynical. I love that I wanna line. Be it's, yeah. a it's, one my, it's one of my favorite lines. Wr- sure. that down Thank you very much in the notes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was that was kind of like a douchey pickup line that I used in my <laughs> undergrad and people seem to respond to it um so i decided to put it to lyrics because i i just thought it was sort of funny and self-centered did and you ever
0: start off with saying when i'm old and biblical because i feel like that is a very certain uh pickup line that might work gangbusters in utah but outside of that maybe no, not so much no not
3: really <laughs> it just kind of rhymed with cynical so uh that's where that went
1: no it's a great lyric i love that lyric for sure it's funny i was a uh, on SoundCloud and I was listening to some of your music, which was on there. And uh, I was reading some of the comments that the the users had posted. And uh, there was one great one that was commented on that song, Cynical, and it says, as an oft, sorry, as an old and oft cranky novelist, (laughs) I enjoyed this musical excursion. (laughs) I just thought it was really funny because like that opening line just talks about how, if you were a novelist, you don't care what kind it is. You just like the sound of it. And I just thought it was quite comical. Uh, hear this from Lambo and Recycling.
3: Yeah, it's it's funny because then I looked I looked into this guy because he said this and I was like oh, oh, did I you wonder see what this person Lambeau? writes <laughs> and uh, not really much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hopefully he's not listening. He's, um, he's probably got a self-published Kindle book or two. Yeah. Uh, did you want to throw the name out to those? or uh, have you looked into it? Have you bought any of his books? Uh no. No. Uh
3: just sort of peruse his tumblr of poetry and uh yeah didn't didn't linger too long um i guess i just sound all high and mighty now talking about people's
0: no it's nice that's the way i i feel like we're headed to a return of that it's sort of the one-way street of fandom where uh you know fans throw all their love adulation uh, towards an artist and then the artist is just like okay thanks uh i gotta go uh and so I, I like that you are shepherding us into this post uh post sort of Twitter era of fandom. so thank you for that. Good. it's good it's, i'm I'm glad that we're
3: post the Twitter era. Yeah now we've made it. that's good i That was my initial uh, my thoughts on Twitter. I was like, do I have to do this or can I just wait for it to blow over i don't I don't know if it really has blown over yet, but i'm I'm not very good at the tweeting thing.
0: You could tweet I need to out learn that. When I'm old and cynical, I want to be a novelist. I don't care what kind.
3: People fucking something? love that. It's true. Yeah. That kind of came from just the comfort too of like a young writer is in their forties. Yeah. You know, like you're seen as a young writer if you're mm-hmm. in your forties, so it's like, Hey, I got plenty of time for that.
0: A bright enough start. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And usually it's something that you're doing while you have other jobs, so just seems like a an easy sort of second job to ease into.
0: Um, so you you've played in many different bands, you've done many different sort of musical projects. What makes this unique? Because uh, when you listen to the EP, it is like one cohesive body of work. And I don't know if you want to throw that over to the drum machine as to part of the reason why that is, or if, or if it's something that you consciously came into, but it it, it is one complete, I would say unit of art. Mm -hmm. Uh, What, what, what made this special? What made this different from other things that you work on?
3: Well, it certainly got the ball rolling when I found a drum machine that I played well with a drummer that I played well with (laughs) of the unsentient kind, um, (laughs) i mean aren't they all yeah but yeah this was my first the first time where it was kind of just me i wrote the songs and i call the shots which is it was nice it was more just something that i picked up in between bands and now it's just sort of taken on its own life and i've got the odd show request every month or so which is nice right on and uh Playing megaphono, yes. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Should be great. With February
1: fourth, uh, yeah,
3: yeah. With I uh, probably won't be pronouncing it right. Medi Cayenne. I could. I tried pronouncing that as well. <laughs> <Tried> pronouncing it. <laughs> Have Medi- you heard Cayenne? No. Medi Cayenne. And uh, it's like a French pepper or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And lost to the river. Yeah, yeah. lost to so the it river should yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. playing between, between the two. Ford. That's great. Yeah.
3: Yeah. At a coffee spot so that'll be happy
1: good. goat yeah yeah there's been a lot of shows going on there lately yeah it's become like one Great of the new, new spots venue. in town
0: yeah of which we're not spe- we're not really mentioning what town we live in because no, we want this that's to why be i a- said town yeah okay yeah. okay yeah this old town this old town this i old, mean it could be any town. town that's the nice thing about your music is it could take place anywhere as long as they've got people who want to crawl into other people i mean that's pretty much any any city on earth Let's, let's bring guitarist into this mix a little bit. You've been sitting there, you've been not saying anything. Yeah. Hey. Um, <laughs> no, don't say his name. Oh, that's right. Guitarist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have, have these, the EP's been out for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, late August. Yeah. I think yeah. it was yeah. September, the release. Yeah. And actually,
3: that. Uh, did you did
1: your EP release show at the Press Cafe, right? Yes. Yeah.
3: Good nice. old Press Cafe. Yeah. And actually, guitarist's band opened up. Uh, tropical country. Mm-hmm. played a few ditties with him and you saw him and you're like I
0: need to snag this man. Yep.
1: But you guys have obviously like blended well together. I mean, if you're continuing to work together like yeah, whatever you I, saw I've in him is been... like what you wanted and you guys are doing stuff together now and like <clears throat> Yeah, Gitarra G- you and on I the off EP in
3: a a surf rock band, Chero Chavo. Chero Chavo. Chero Chavo. And uh which apparently is according to our guitar player it's i guess it's like mexican slang for hillbilly kids okay so uh (laughs) that's what chero chavo is (laughs) riffraff okay that works and yeah so g was the drummer for that and i was the bass player i generally play bass and things that's another special thing about fire antlers it's the first time that i really just
1: well, you play, play guitar all kinds of instruments in now. It doesn't yeah. sound like Thanks it's your, your first strings. time playing it.
0: Yeah, it's
3: nice. And uh, yeah, definitely contributed heavily uponst by uh,
0: Cam Yeah, Right on. Who produced it, played a few tasty licks in there as well. So how has the music evolved since you guys have started playing it with it? Like you said, once a month, you're, you're going up and doing megaphone and things like that. How do you translate what you're doing live? I mean, you do, you do bring up the drum machine. Uh, who we'll talk to afterwards. How are you doing things differently now that you're performing it a lot?
3: It's, it is definitely tricky, especially in between songs. I need to stop and look over, make sure I set, push in the right buttons for the drum machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For those at home who can't see the drum machine, it just has preset buttons where you press in. And if you want a samba mixed with Foxtrot, you would press them both in at the same time to get that beat. And then set the tempo to whatever I have on my little set list slash checklist so yeah definitely finding sort of ways to transition in between songs that way banter jokes about the
0: drum machine perfect yeah what is your best joke about the drum machine
3: probably just mentioning that most songs are like a lot of yeah most songs are in foxtrot okay okay yeah i didn't realize that foxtrot was such a uh, universal beat until now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd say at least half of the songs on the album incorporate
0: foxtrot.
1: Mm, nice, interesting. Yeah.
0: Looking forward. Obviously, there are only so many beats that this drum machine can do. How um, do you many, expand on it? Like, yeah, how do you... yeah.
3: Uh, I'll I'll probably incorporate another okay. drum machine. I've sort of been looking around at others, picking up the odd one here and there, uh, finding stuff to work for with it. Hopefully, ones that are smaller <laughs> as well.
1: <laughs> Less heavy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. This one's like the dimensions of I, what would you say those dimensions are? It's like, got to be like
0: comparatively. It's like two feet long, probably a foot.
3: Yeah, it is a foot by a foot and about six inches tall, which I'm lucky that I found a case that fit it yeah. nicely. Um, I'm just trying to think of something that would be that size that I could a it, describe. A lot of fake wood paneling, yeah, which thankfully hasn't peeled yet. She's intact. Still
1: has his charm. Yeah.
0: It sounds nice and warm, doesn't it?
3: Yeah. Just... Uh, uh, the best. It's basically those old organs that everyone had in their house growing yeah. up. Yeah, in the exactly. 70s. That drum machine sound, but with more options.
1: So it's a, it's a what? It's from nineteen seventy-five. I think you were saying this yeah, machine. Yeah, mid seventies. The Rhythm Ace.
3: Rhythm Ace. Uh, TR seventy-seven, I believe.
0: And how did you decide that this is going to be the centerpiece of Fire Antlers?
3: I just happened to find a drum machine that worked for me for once. Um, <laughs>
1: uh, it works really well, though. I mean, with it being so like old and like archaic, like your music has this yeah. like very like dusty like rock kind of sound to it. So they, the, the two blend perfectly together, if you ask me. And I mean, yeah, like where where did you even find that thing?
3: Uh, I kind of have a Kijiji problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've been there myself. And, uh, yeah. My brother
1: is all over Kijiji.
3: Yeah, so uh, just checked it out one day, decided to take her home, and nice. uh, yeah, worked out really well. It was pretty, pretty fast after I got it that I started playing shows with it, and a lot of the beats that I use for my songs are the ones that I sort of settled on initially, and just yeah a a lot of the times it just sort of develops you get the beat sort of it's all preset right so you press the button that's what beat you have Mm -hmm. Um, and the songs kind of get changed by that you know i'll write a song at home and when i'll finally try and play it along to the drum machine it certainly changes its character yeah whatever beat comes to it interesting
1: interesting how long have you been using it
4: I guess
3: it's been about two two years now. Okay, I've had two and a bit.
1: So it got it like along the along the times of when you decided to start as a solo artist. Like you'd gone from like the punk bands and the surf bands that you used to play in in the back end, and now like starting to go as a solo artist. It's so in the year probably which you were writing the songs for Crawl, like, and then you know. It just transformed into the ep
3: yeah i it's for a while i'd go through this phase of saying that i'd write a new song for every show that i'd play yep. and i would but i would generally write it like the day before like it wasn't really that well planned out um so
1: get a beat that works and go with it
3: yeah i'd have the beat and i'd have the song and i'd kind of have the lyrics and i just stumble through it and uh it's it's kind of fun using the the performing as the learning experience and the building experience for the songs where i've i've kind of gotten over the whole nerves of playing live or like what if this doesn't work or if i screw up
1: well, have you had any, like, difficulties when playing live with it? Like, I think you were saying earlier that, like, a couple times the tempo might be off a little bit or it yeah. doesn't actually well, drum in perfect very, beat for you all the time, so.
3: Yeah. Sometimes I you will may, you have to
1: change, like, on the go, like, when you're playing live, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
3: It's it's definitely a very organic, sort of, as far as the drum machine can be, I guess. And so you'll, you can notice sometimes the the tempo sort of deteriorating or, Speeding up, catching up. I don't know if it's like the sliders in a Mm -hmm. in an off position or something, but uh it it, it's definitely helped my rhythm as far as playing because yeah, yeah. yeah, a lot of just sort of catching up with it keeps
1: the in beat.
0: Yeah, easier or harder to work with than regular drummers, like human ones that you know have Um, emotions and sticks. I suppose it
3: definitely (laughs) depends on the drummer, Um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean. When you play with a good drummer, it just makes you a better player. I definitely, especially when I'm normally playing bass and you're playing off of the drummer, right? You're sort of that link between guitars and drums. Um, With the drum machine, it's more like you just really need a good, especially like when there's a drum, it doesn't matter if it's mic'd all that well, you can hear it behind you. You can feel it. You can feel it. Exactly. With a drum machine, there, there have been shows where definitely I can't play too loud because then all of a sudden I've missed the beat because I don't have that, that thump behind it. Um, but I've definitely gotten used to it. So it might be a little tricky if I, uh, hopefully the next album I'll, uh, be using it i might still use a bit of that drum machine but uh i'm hoping to try other drum sounds so it's not just sort of the same static yeah
0: when you introduce new drum machines will they be new members of the band
3: uh i've considered that having them just (laughs) like my my robot entourage yeah
0: yeah (laughs) how have crowds responded to you getting up there with another human which is great thank you guitarist and but a drum machine like it it, does it take them a little bit to get used to it or is it do they get into it immediately i suppose it definitely has sort of a a bit
3: of a novelty factor to it and i try to go beyond that Mm -hmm. that's definitely something that i and i suppose that's what i try to do with sort of the lyrics that make people sort of perk their ears up and try and make the lyrics more audible than a typical sort of rock band where yeah, yeah. you know bad poetry can be disguised <laughs> through like just whatever accent someone wants to put on when they're singing or inflection
0: right <laughs> Separately, and this might divide the band and break it up forever. I know that you've probably prepared an answer for it, Um, and I ask everybody this. Uh, When it comes down to it, would you save Peter Gabriel or Phil Collins on a life raft? And the other one is going to be eaten by sharks. But the one that you save will produce an album just for you. Wow. Well, this question is different from what I thought <laughs> the initial question was going to be
3: but I, G and I both discussed this earlier and we actually had the same answer I don't know if yours has changed no? no anyone who right, let's drums say, for let's Led Zeppelin is in cool. my books yeah. Phil Collins we're both we're both Phil's Phil ally. in with Phil the he Phil's Phil. Um, well as Grant said he is the only person who has ever replaced Mr. Bonham when Zeppelin played Live Aid. That's true. Um, and <laughs> he's laughing. Uh, he's yeah, he's a tight drummer. I mean, uh, Brian Eno. My two favorite Brian Eno records. He played on Another Green World and Before and After Science.
0: But that was only because Brian Ito would help produce. Oh, what is the song on Landline Down on Broadway? They're producing the same studio. Oh, that's. Mm-hmm. But no, and oh, that's Riley. what was Landline Down on Broadway was that there was still Peter Gabriel in the. Uh... Still. They were still blessed with Peter Gabriel. It wasn't that Peter Gabriel was still in the band. They. I don't. Uh, see, you're. Your, your if if we're
3: uh, going, like, solo output, I, I would thank say you. Phil Collins we'll, we'll, has stronger you, solo man.
2: output. Susudio? <laughs>
3: Susudio compared to Sledgehammer? Come on.
2: Billy, don't did lose my number.
0: Oh, no, we're just discussing this out of... <sighs> uh, did Rally something happen to you? Peter did, Gabriel. did Peter Gabriel insult your families at some point? Did the Gabriels... at at a certain point in your life insult your family that, like, besmirch it in a certain way? For
3: I know you were raised on Prog Rock. I don't really know that much Genesis, I'll be completely honest. So I'm going purely by post-Genesis material. I'd say Phil Collins, excluding the Tarzan... (laughs) <laughs> soundtrack? Disney animated feature. Although okay. it
1: is the, probably the best like Disney soundtrack ever made.
3: No, because Peter Gabriel did Wally. No, you wanna know why? Nobody likes Because Wall-E. Van Dyke Parks <laughs> did Jungle Book before he did Pet Sounds. Yeah. So there you go.
1: Ooh.
0: What does that mean? <laughs> yeah.
3: And, well, Smile, which I'm a... It's a great album. Smile is like the re reassembled Smile. Have you listened to that?
0: Yes. It's amazing. It is really, really fantastic. And that's Van Dyke's Parks. And I'd love... This is not the question. This is not the... <laughs> so you you think
3: you prefer the Wally soundtrack over... Uh, uh, personally, I think I'd prefer Phil Collins singing... Tarzan songs over, what like what what were the songs in Wally?
0: Well, there's just one at the end that Peter Gabriel sang on. Okay, it was so beautiful that made you cry. But if you weren't already crying so at you the end of you had to make it through the
1: entire movie of Wally before you heard that song, is what you're saying?
0: You had to make yeah. it through any part of Tarzan to make it a watchable goddamn piece of. All mess. I had to do is
1: yeah. make it through the intro to hear Phil Collins. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, no, this is great, uh, and I won't see you guys, but I will be seeing Peter Gabriel pretty soon, so that's good. That's awesome. Yeah, tell tell
3: Sting and say hi. <laughs>
4: want to hold want to touch and want to smile want to run you dry in the middle of a crowd Everybody wanna go far Everybody gonna be a star Party people, you know where you are Grab the beat and move it hard
3: We that so sounded awesome. <laughs> that was really
1: good. I played an egg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. That was nice. It's
0: nice harmonic.
3: When like Bloodshot that. plays, you should be like, is it alright if I play <laughs> the eggs? I'll just pull, pull out a
1: regular one. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's got a good sound. sponsor will be able to afford an egg. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll take a quarter inch and I'll just plug it into it and it'll start dripping <laughs> over. No not it. <laughs> oh,
1: worry, it's regular. <laughs> That sounds really good.
3: Yeah. Thanks, guys. That was really good. Thank you. Great times.
0: Alright, so we can... Should record your songs now? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.